I remember I saved up for this game. I, I had money, and I, and I remember I put the money in my shoe because I. <laughs> Because I was worried about falling in my pockets for whatever reason. Was it your Chucks or your uh, Nikes? It, it was Nikes, I believe. <laughs> but but like I took it out of my shoe, and I remember my dad got air pumps. Like, Were they air pumps? Uh, no, we couldn't afford <laughs> air pumps. I had, I had to save up, man. These were these were old shoes. But uh, I, I remember my dad got mad at me because I pulled the, pulled the cash out, and of course it was you know sweaty. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to RGCWV, Random Geek Culture in West Virginia. I am a co-host, Mike Mallow. And I am your other co-host, Luke Hersey. Tonight... Hi, Luke. Hi. Hi, Mike. How are you? How's it, how's it going? I, I'm, it's magical. It's How was magical. your Christmas break? Uh, I uh, got to sleep a lot and write a lot and you know do other things, pontificate the meaning of life. You know, that kind of thing. I mean, knowing as long as I've known you, some of your best times is when you are going through a brainchild. You are thinking about a new book. You're writing something. Even if it doesn't go anywhere, You, if it's almost like you have a overload of synapses and you have to get it down on paper. I agree. Do, do you know what I've been doing? What have you been doing? I've been writing the uh, expansion to the sequel to HeartSpark. Hmm. Is it a possible part three? It's, well, it's technically a part two. Okay. Um, a part three if we, if we want to get George Lucasy about it, but we're not. We're not <laughs> I, going to do uh, that. I started um, actually reading my copy finally. Yay! And uh, I did notice um, some of the changes that you've made, including the one that I told you to put in, and I'm so happy you did. Yeah, that was a great idea. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember thinking, actually, that works for what I need. Did you do some modification to Shrimphead? Because he seems a little bit more fle- fleshed out. The publishers enjoyed him, and they they wanted to give him, um, they wanted to tell part of it from his perspective. Tonight is the first episode of Season 2. We are talking about the most influential games to us in the 1990s. Now, this does not reflect the best games of the 1990s. However, some of these on this list are listed as the best video games of all time by several credible outlets. Now, these games are the ones that me and Mike played in the 90s and shaped us into gamers. Now, this is going to be in a semi-chronological order. However, it's not chronological to when they were released, per se, but when we played them. So, um, I'm excited. I don't know. Are you excited, Mike? I'm excited. I'm actually going over the list now and, and trying to... Uh, not geek out too qu- hard? Qu- Quantify, yeah, I'm going to go with that, yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. So, um, real quick, new segment that we're going to have is quick news. Quick news. Quick, quick news. news. Hurry. Quick, quick geek news. Okay, so, I don't know if you've uh, kept up, Mike, with the news about um, platform gaming, but there you may sure be did. a contender for Xbox and PlayStation here in the very near future. I'll probably hear more about it at E3 this year. It's called Madbox. Have you heard about this? So uh, Madbox is actually from the creators of uh, Wreckfest. Do you remember that game? It was a uh, destruction derby indie game. After I heard who's making the Ma- the Madbox and that they're the publisher, I just... I've looked at the early screenshots for the early concepts, and it just looks like a regular desktop computer. It doesn't really look like a console at all. So, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, but 
more designs will probably come in the next few months, especially since AMD and uh, NVIDIA just announced their new graphics processors. So I'm sure that's going to be in flux. So we'll see. That makes sense. Uh, next thing, Nintendo is on Humble Bundle. Did you read that? I, did, I saw that earlier today, yeah. yes. Yeah. I am actually super excited. I mean, Nintendo being on Humble Bundle, it's it's nice that I can buy games for my Nintendo system, and I'm also donating to charity. It's but a the thing, Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also excited because this opens the door for a indie bundle for the Switch where it's like 20 bucks and it'll be like six games like they've done for almost every other platform. Oh. Yeah, right. So, so that that's what I'm hoping for in the future. Cuz they've got a lot of good indie titles on the Switch. So um all right. Last point of the geek news. Um, so Sony's Into the Spider-Verse won the Golden Globe for Best Animated Picture in 2018. Did you it hear sure this? It sure did. Yes, it beat uh, Incredibles 2. and um, I was surprised by that. Uh, but, I mean, or Ralph Breaks the Internet, I mean. So, yeah, well, I was surprised that it beat Incredibles from a business standpoint. But... As far as a quality of movie, which go, the Golden Globes more goes for quality than, you know, like raw numbers. Right. And I'm sorry. I had a heck of a lot more fun watching Into the Spider-Verse than uh, Incredibles or Ralph Breaks the Internet. Not that I'm those saying, movies were great, because they were. Yeah, and I, remember, I watched Ralph Breaks the Internet and I thought, this movie's great. This is going to be a hard movie to be for, like, best animated movie of the year and i thought it was better than incredibles too yeah and yeah I, I watched uh, spider-verse over the weekend and uh it was just blew, blew my socks off yeah it it blew i you heard me several times talking about how excited i was for this in this as excited as i was i didn't think my expectations were going to be exceeded i mean this movie was amazing I've said it to several people since that this is the best theatrical Spider-Man to date. And I stand by that. No, I agree with that too. If you took the best things from every Spider-Man movie up until this point, it still wouldn't be as good as this one. Yeah. In fact, this this movie may have been all the best things from all the other Spider-Man movies. Now, plus it, plus it told a new story that was fresh and, and innovative. Yeah. Now, Okay, um, before we dive into the list, I do want to make an announcement to our viewers. Geek Trivia is being retired. Yay! <laughs> Not many people really cared for it. Uh, I Me. I was trying out a segment, and it just didn't work. And that's what I want to do here. I, I, I want to keep I'm... the show fluid. I am not nerdy enough for geek trivia, apparently. <laughs> no, no I, I will keep the, the geeking out thing if you, if you want to do that. Yeah, in fact, actually, that was the next thing I wanted to do. Hot so dang. let's bye-bye, geek trivia. Get on out of here. Don't let the door hit you. All right. Um, you want to go first with geek outs? I will, and this, this one's uh, very specific, so I'll, I won't take long. There's a song that I'm really into right now, and I should preface this by saying that uh, this year coming up is my uh, 20 year high school reunion. So I'm, I'm pretty uh, gosh darn old. Wow. Mine is coming up too. Yeah. I guess you're only like a, two years off me. Is it two? Yeah, it's two. It's yeah. two. But there's a song called uh, 99. It, it's by uh, Barnes Courtney. And, and I am just, I've been geeking out about the song. It, it's, it's just a great song. And uh, if you graduate in 99, I recommend listening to it. And and we were the first graduating class of, of this particular high school. And I don't think we had a official class song the way every class since has. Mm -hmm. So I've been, I've been retroactively pushing this song as our class song with, with the fellow alumni. <laughs> <laughs> My gig count. And Go for it. What's funny is you picked 
music because my geek out is also music. It's oh, actually specific to this episode, though. We don't geek out about music very often. I have a whole list of geek outs, and I've had this one on there for, I don't know, four or five months. Mm. Pretty close to the beginning, and uh, I'm using it tonight. All right. The musical artist Boss Fight. Have you heard them? Oh, yeah. Boss Fight is amazing. And it's not ripping off the original themes of the Nintendo and Super Nintendo era games, but man, does it feel like it should have been. It's just... Huh. It, I have been listening to Boss Fight like so much, and I didn't even know that it was an uh, that he was an artist until um, that game Rocket League. Uh, okay, Rocket yeah. League? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm familiar with it. He was on, uh, or one of his songs, Charge, Charge was uh, on the intro for Rocket League for a while, and I I was so into that song, loved it. But there there's a bunch of good songs that he's done. All good right, stuff. we got to get started. Yeah. All right. This is our list of the most influential games to me and Mike for the 1990s. Now, what we're going to do is, to make this fun, we're going to do this on a five-point scale for each one of these. And the five-point scale is not how great the games are. The five-point scale is how replayable these games are and not even to us because we're going to replay all these just because because we love all of these these this scale that we're going to do a one to five five being the highest is how much we think you guys should go and play these games and if you haven't played them and we've rated it a five just go try it out there's a lot of merit in old style games so, let's just start this off. Are you ready, Mike? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. First off, in this game, you, as soon as I say it, you're going to be like, well, this came out in the 80s. Neither of us played it until the 90s. So That's um, true. I don't think I played my first NES game until 1990. Yeah. I think it's when, when I got my NES was 1990. Yeah. And I didn't even play this on my NES originally. I played it at my grandmother's neighbor's house down the street. (laughs) Um, This, of course, is the NES original Legend of Zelda. I tell you what. I mean, I had played video games before, and I had even played adventure games before, like uh, Dungeons & Dragons on the Atari. (laughs) <laughs> it it changed the way I thought about video games. And after I so- started playing the first Legend of Zelda, I was hooked on video games from that day forward. Especially Zelda. Especially Zelda. <laughs> it, and it's as loose of a narrative as it had, it was still great for its time. And it had a way of play- of telling the story atmospherically. Not necessarily through text. I can and, see that. And it just—it's it, such a great game, and it was—it—it it turned the entire genre around. In fact, I think Legend of Zelda may have been a huge starting point for the entire industry. One to five scale, Mike. Um, I'm good at three. A three? Yeah. I, I'm gonna have to give it it four. Right. I think everybody should play it. And you know what? With it uh, being on the uh, Switch Classics, if you have a Switch, you get it with your Nintendo Online subscription, you should just try it out. I'm not saying you have to, you know, beat it, but try it out. See where the series started. So, okay. Yours, Mike. All right. So my first one is Mario Brothers 3 for the NES. Um, that, That was... Of course, you know, I I really didn't want to put the original Mario Brothers on because yeah. I feel like er- everybody would say that because that was, you know, it came with the NES, so that was kind of everybody's entry point to video games, yeah, especially Nintendo video games. But this list is more game changers to us. Yeah, 
and that's why I picked Mario 3, because Mario 3 threw a million more innovations at you from the original. You, you had a world map, you had airships. That was my first introduction to an airship, that, and that just blew my mind. Yeah. Um, and the, the gameplay mechanics were amazing. There's so many different things. You could, you could be the raccoon, you could be the um, frog, the hammer brother. That was the first one that really had, like, not just the firepower, but, like, suits you could wear yeah and it may it may be the it may be that it had more suits in that in that one than any other mario game i'm not 100 sure i know super I mario world didn't have that up until like recent generation yeah i think you're right now the the switch um mario odyssey um it has different costumes you can wear but i don't really count that as the same thing yeah no no i wouldn't count that because they, they don't really give you superpowers it's just something else that you put on yeah yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So, replayability, Mike? I'd give it a five. Okay. Uh, and that's that's one that I, if I'm near like an NES type thing and that's on there, I will play a little bit of it at least. Yeah. And I can speed run through that one. I'm going to have to give that one a three. Even though that one is was great for its time. Makes so, sense. This next one is XCOM. XCOM UFO Defense or Enemy Unknown, depends on who you talk to. You're always um, big on that one. Yeah, oh man, that game was so great. I remember sitting around the dinner table talking about XCOM with my dad almost every single night. One night, my mom just like flipped out because she couldn't hear about XCOM anymore because me and my dad were just playing that like crazy. It's a top-down strategy game. It um, teaches you like military tactics, formations and stuff, and you're fighting against an invading alien foe. And huh. it is such a intricate game. It, there's You have to manage your time, your space, your weight, your... Um, even your uh, the, the the mental capacity of your characters, like if it if too many of their buddies are dying, they'll freak out and run across the map, and drop their gun, and then run into danger and then die. It's it there hmm. was just so much to that game, and I would like to say that the replayability of that game is a five, but there is a remake of XCOM and it's pretty darn close and it simplifies the game a little bit and it's a little bit more approachable so i would say that the remake go play that if you haven't played it but the replayability of this is like a two for me it's even hard to get into because it's such a long game we're talking like two three hundred hours wow so yeah it's it's a it's an intricate game but it's it's it it'll mess with you yeah, I have not played that one. Yeah. So next one is MechWarrior 2. Great game. It, it was just so cool. You know, having the, you know, the mech walk around and you're trying to manage your heat and you're fighting other mechs and stuff. And it, it was like, it wasn't even so much like you were, you know, in a Gundam or something like that. It was like right. you were in a tank, a, a bipedal tank. And it was just, it was really cool. Yeah, I mean, I I want to say that everybody should play this game, but I don't even want to play this game now. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to put it at a one. It it it's a cool experience, but there's much more, much better adaptations since that. All right, my next pick is Bionic Commando, mm. which is an old school uh, Capcom game. Uh, and I'm, I'm picking one. it because uh, that, that was one that I burned through constantly uh, back in the 90s. Um, the, the story was told through like intercom systems. So you, it was one of the few NES games where you had a lot of uh, background into what was happening. Yeah. And so that was pretty innovative. The, the swinging instead of jumping, that was just mind-boggling to me because everything up until that point was, you know, jump over the hole. This was you got to latch on and swing over and then – it was like you know, real predate physics. Exactly, and 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 to this day when I play it, um, I, I'm just blown away. But about how it was the physics were programmed into that, and it, it's also the first game that I've ever played, and probably true for a lot of people, 
that um, had the first cuss word in it. Really? Because near the end, uh, and they kind of downplay it, but it, and you know this from um, playing the remake uh, later on, is that Hitler is actually the uh, the big bad guy at the end, mm-hmm. and he says something about calls him a damn fool or something like that. Yeah. In, in the NES version, and then his head explodes later. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I remember was, that the first time that I saw for, that. Yeah. What just happened? Yeah, NES head explode, gore, blood and gore and everything. They didn't, I know they didn't it, was, with it. it was crazy. And um, I I uh, lament that it is not on the uh, NES Classic. Yeah, uh, that, that's the one that they didn't put on there that I really wish they had. Now, um, I, what would you what what would you put for your replayability? Um. I, I would pick it up and play it right now if, if I had it in front of me. But so, for other people... For, for, for other people, uh, I still would recommend it. Um, it's worth giving a shot. Just just for the gameplay mechanics of the swinging and the you know the, the, the level design is also yeah. really great. All right, so um, th- this one's part of a long-running series, um, mm-hmm. but I believe they knocked it out in the second one, and that is Mega Man 2. Um, that's a good one. And it's... It's funny because I'd always felt that way, but apparently everyone else agrees too because that that's the one that gets put on all the lists and all. Um, it's the one on the NES Classic. I'm not, I can't remember if the original Mega Man is or not, but I don't think it is. Uh, yeah, I think it is the second one. So that tells me that uh, Nintendo believes in it more than the other ones, also because you know six of them were on the NES, I believe. But uh, this game. It's a perfect uh, side-scrolling shooter, I think. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it also happens to have the the best NES soundtrack ever. I, I gave it a five. So I basically gave all my picks fives. <laughs> but, okay. and, and I'll defend each each and every one of them too. Yeah. Um, and the reason for this is, to this day, they are putting out uh, Mega Man games much in the same vein as this one. Yeah. The next closest game in the series, I would say, is probably Mega Man X. That was yeah, a good one. I, I, and it, it still doesn't have quite the same replayability as Mega Man 2. If you were to go back and play Mega Man games, as far as like start with Legacy ones, I would go two, four, and X. That that seems about right. Yeah. So replayability, Mike. Well, it's still the five. Okay. Okay. Um. That's the I'll, one to play if you're going to play Mega Man. I'll give you a four. I'll give you a four. All right. Mine's next. Warcraft 2 on PC. Oh, man. That game, that opening cinematic, when you're facing down the tides of darkness. Hmm. And and all of the the, the knights and the elves and the trolls and the orcs and the wizards and the top-down strategy. And here's another thing with that game the the audio lines the lines that all the characters had they were so good see like one of the things um in like the first level um you've got the little peasants that you're just telling them to go you know harvest resources and everything and if you keep clicking on one of the peasants he'll just be like what what do you want? Leave me alone. <laughs> it was just it was just so funny to me. Like I don't even remember how old I was, but it was I just loved that game so much. I played and beat it like I don't know how many times, at least 10. Oh yeah. So such a good game. I played the crap out of that one. So, any re, anyway, replayability about a 3. Mike, yours. All right, my next one is I feel like this is low hanging fruit actually. <laughs> but but this because you know we talked about how Mario Brothers was the entry point into NES and everybody had it so it's kind of, you know, not one that you would pick necessarily. Yeah, but, uh, so uh, I'm sorry. This this one was the system seller. So by by that same token, uh Super Mario World was your entry point into the Super Nintendo. And um so that is my next pick. I hate to put more than one Mario in here. If, if I had to pick one Mario, I would pick Mario 3. But okay. uh, Super, Super Mario World was 
my gateway into 16 bits. And uh, at the time, I was so inspired by how the game looked that it made me want to be a uh, a game designer, J- just to design the levels and the graphics and everything. I was like, this this is for me. And of course, by the time I got old enough to, you know, have a job making graphics. It, we're getting into 3D, and I didn't want to mess with 3D. Yeah. But I always just loved that 8-bit art style or 16-bit art style. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a solid game. It's got a lot going for it. I, I went back and played it probably about a year ago, and uh, yeah, it's just as good as I remember. Yeah. I remember the first time I played Mario World, and it it was just. I thought three was snappy. I thought three was responsive. To me. Super Mario World is the gold standard of, like, the old generation Mario games. I mean, I know you love 3, Mike, but Super Mario World was the game for me, as far as Mario's go. In fact, I compare the new Super Mario and new Super Mario Wii to Super Mario World. Okay. No, that makes sense. Okay, so, so five, five. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. have to, I'm gonna have to give a five too. This is all right, a great well, game. Everybody should go play this. Look at that! And that, our next one probably isn't gonna be a whole lot different from that. Before we do that, let's right. have a word from our sponsor. Ooh, good deal. And we're back. Good job. Everybody should expect this to be on our list. Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. Until Breath of the Wild, that was still pro- probably my favorite of the Zeldas. It wasn't mine, but it was in my top. It was in my top three. Yeah, that that was the first Zelda title that really nailed down what they wanted the Zelda series to look like. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that one and uh, Breath of the Wild are the two that really kind of knock out the art style. Yeah, from from what it should be. And of course, you get into like the the 3D area era after that and then it gets kind of uh, they still hit the same style but because of the graphic limitations it's still not quite what it should have looked like i think yeah so uh, going on with this um i mentioned the graphics but also the the way the story was told and the way the music presents the story mm-hmm. i remember that that's the the probably the first game i'd ever played where i felt like um i've had an emotional reaction to things to, to what happened to the characters or you know, side characters or just currently what's happening in that story. Like the, yeah. the, the way that it was presented and the music played just, just uh, made me feel a certain way about it, especially uh, when you're in the dark world and you're seeing how the dark world changed people. Yeah. Thing, things like that. I'm sorry. This is one game that is timeless. Like it always looks decent. It, it, the graphics hold up. The gameplay is amazing. It's just, it's all tight. So I'm a five for me as well. Six, a six. Five thousand. Yeah, five thousand. Okay, next one. Uh, it's for me. Uh, I think yep. you played this once as well. Uh, Mike. I, I probably played a little bit of it or watched yeah. you play it, but I didn't. I, if, if I played it, I didn't play it seriously. Okay, so this game for PC, Duke Nukem 3D. Now, I played some other 3D games before. You played Quake, played Wolfenstein, Doom. Doom. Um, but man, this game, it there there was the the jokes that it made in it, the the visuals, the you know weird looking aliens, the great guns was great but this is the game that made me decide that i wanted to do something with programming now i didn't Uh end up doing like actual hardcore programming but this is what made me you were talking about how well i mentioned that about super mario world that's what it was that's what it was well this game Duke Nukem 3D, if you went into the INI files, you could modify the strength of any weapon, any health pack, any enemy, or whatever. 
And so you could make your pistol stronger than your RPG rocket launcher. So All right. it, it was it, it was a lot of fun to mess around with that game. And not only did it have a real high replay value, but it was just it was so much fun to to mess around with it. I was actually super disappointed when the Duke Nukem Forever came out, and you couldn't do any of that. I was like, uh, oh, come on, guys. You're <laughs> missing the point. So, but Duke Nukem 3D, it's it's still a fantastic game. It's still fun. Uh, I, I would have to say at least at least a three. It, right. check, check it out. Check it out if you haven't checked it out. So, all right, Mike. Yours next. So, so this this one gets kind of fun, <laughs> yeah. um, because because it's obscure and uh, you won't see it coming. So my pick is Mario Paint. Do Do you remember Mario Paint? Are you familiar with it at all? Oh, man, I didn't think that they could come out with a mouse on for a console and it would work. So, so Mario Paint. Um, I got a Super Nintendo for Christmas, and I guess it was probably um, 1992. Uh-huh. And uh, I knew I was getting the Super Nintendo, so I wasn't surprised about that. I got you know Super Super Mario World, and I wasn't surprised about that. I got Mario Paint with it, and that one surprised me. And that was we didn't have we had a computer at the time, but it was like an Apple where you still typed in you know the prompts to to get stuff. So that like was an my Apple first. Two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was my first introduction to a mouse. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it, it was. And actually, thinking about it, we didn't get our our first mouse computer till 1996 or seven. So there was quite a number of years where I just had that. But that that game um, is it was very limited in, in what it could do. You, but you could do rudimentary animation and uh, music creation and things like that. This was my introduction to graphic design and uh, audio, you know, pro- programming and animation, and all all the stuff I have carried uh, into my career. And 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 you know, when I look back at everything I've done, and and I, I draw it back to this is my origin of being a graphic designer huh. as a career. So so in terms of like life value, this gets like a five million. You know, um, so I would give it a one as far as re- replayability. So you know, I don't recommend it these days, but for me, it meant, really meant something. It it was a game changer in more ways than a video game could usually be. Yeah, me as well. A one. This next one is on both me and Mike's list. This is the next combination one. So you know, going back to what we said about the NES games didn't give you a whole lot of uh, story going into uh, the gameplay. The original Metroid was really bad for that. And, yeah. and it, it really took me out of the game because I really didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. You um, had no motivation to go. Exactly. Exactly. I was like, I'm exploring, but I don't know what the, the end game is. They don't really give you any information in that. Um, Super, Super Metroid was the complete opposite of that. They, they, just gave you they threw you right into the action and the story and everything they gave you and, they gave you a reason to care from minute one that's right and amazingly because the story gets sparse once you get into it but somehow just through the actions and what's happening around you it, it remains an engaging story even though there's no more story really being thrown at you well it's just like i was saying with uh, legend of zelda the, the original it was an atmospheric storytelling it's, and the, when you said that earlier that was a, this was the first game i thought of where i, I really uh got that and yeah and this the, the narrative is told entirely through the the atmosphere until yeah. you get to the end of it and the ending blew my mind too because i really thought i was going to die like that, that was the first time I ever played a game where I thought I, I, I lost when I didn't. Yeah. And, and the fact, and, and that just, I, I was literally like jumping up and down on the, on the, like the couch whenever it happened, like, Oh wow. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know if we should do spoilers in that. I mean, it's like a, you know, 
25 year old game at this point yeah but, none uh, of the don't worry about spoilers on any of these this is sorry. well actually no you know what let's do because we are telling people to go play these light spoilers guys but, but uh when mother brain's getting ready to finish off and the the baby metroid who's now fully grown comes out of nowhere and 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 basically kills her and then she kills him you know that that just threw me for a loop. Like first is exciting, and then she killed the Metroid, and it was like upsetting. Mm-hmm. And but at the same time, you had to finish her off, and because it gave you like a super powerful weapon to finish her off, it felt like you were you were getting that catharsis like immediately. Yeah. And then once you finish her off, you had to escape, so that that put it into a level of panic. So there's they threw so many emotions at you at the end of that game. I and I'd never really felt it in that way before. I remember I saved up for this game. I, I had money, and I, and I remember I put the money in my shoe because I, I was worried about falling in my pockets for whatever reason. Was it your Chucks but, or your uh, Nikes? It, it was Nikes, I believe. <laughs> but but like I took it out of my shoe, and I remember my dad got Air pumps? Like, Were they air pumps? Uh, no, we couldn't afford <laughs> air pumps. I had to save up, man. These were these were old shoes, but uh, I, I remember my dad got mad at me because I pulled the, pulled the cash out, and of course it was you know sweaty. Uh, <laughs> see, 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 there's, there's did, 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 you, did the guy just make you put it on the counter, or did he actually take it from your hand? Well, I, I took it out before I got to the counter, so he didn't know. Okay. So I mean, I was oh, gee, how old was I? Maybe. 12 at the time 12 13 somewhere in there and oh, I, I remember how excruciating the car ride home was like so i just sat there and i just read the booklet the whole way and, and the kids only two memories these days will never know they won't exactly and, and so I, my only two memories of doing that were that one and another game that's uh, later on our list so okay. i won't i won't spoil which one that is but also um no, I, I guess I guess I'm done with the story. But I, yeah, I just remember how painful it was, like waiting to get it, because because we we bought it in Harrisonburg, Virginia, which is an hour away from where we lived. Yeah. So so I had an hour ride back to get home. And <laughs> did he get card sick at all reading? I probably did. Because <laughs> oh. I, I remember being in the back seat. So I, I usually got car sick being in the back seat if I wasn't watching what I, where we were going. Yeah. So so that gets a little personal there, but. Uh, um, I think both of us are putting this as a five plus. Yeah, this is this is another must play. Yeah. Okay. Here's mine. Um, All right. This was my first PlayStation title, Metal Gear Solid. All right. I tell you what, if you haven't played Metal Gear Solid, <sighs> well, I, I played a little bit of. I, I, at the time, I wasn't too much into the sneaking around aspect of it. Yeah, but um, I mean so- that's. That's where it came from. That's that's yeah. They're the first game that did it right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Thief kind of did it, you know. But they they really got it right, and the 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 narrative is so groundbreaking. In fact, I would argue that it is it was a starting point for a new type of narrative in video games it changed everything it made you feel like you were playing a movie every single piece of dialogue was gripping the you know the the action the the actual acting of the your avatar of your character it's just it was it just set my brain on fire <laughs> I I just love that game so much, and I mean I was at school, and I would just be thinking about that game all day, like oh he was talking about this maybe he meant that and, and oh maybe he's over here and oh I wonder what's gonna happen to her, it just it was so I loved it, I loved it and uh, you know what I'm I'm not totally advocating going out and getting a PlayStation Classic, but it's a reason to go buy the PlayStation Classic. If you haven't played that, that just that game itself is a reason to buy the PlayStation Classic. All right. So, um, I'm, I'm putting it at a five. I think you're also calling this a must-play. Yeah, it is a must-play. Um, next one is also on my list. 
And it's a PC game. Half-Life 1. And I, and I have played it. Oh, man. Actually, I, I played it at your recommendation. Yeah. But I, I, I didn't play it until probably 2001, so even if I was, like, like if it was a game changer to me, I couldn't add it. Well, you know what? But, that That's... I'm glad you mentioned that because the next one on our list, the next one on our list, you have down, and I didn't play it until af- until after the 2000s. So we'll we'll get back to that here in a second. All right, I'll okay. hop on my bandwagon on that one if, so, if we'd like. Half-Life, just like with Metal Gear Solid, it had a very engaging narrative. It was first-person shooter, so it was more of an atmospheric storytelling. There was a lot of lines, yes. but you... Because it was first person, you felt like you were Gordon Freeman from start to finish. And one of the things that was truly unique about this game was first person shooters, you had a level you were going through. Right. This one, it was all just one big long... You had the loading screen that would come up every once in a while, but it wasn't a, a level break. It, it, there was no levels. It, it was just, a natural break. It was just a natural break, you know. Oh, you got onto the uh, subway system and you're you're going on, or oh, the this big explosion happened and now you're waking back up. It, it just they did it so well with its storytelling. And I, I, I remember the thing that impressed me most about it was that um, the, the the game never cuts away from the character to tell you something new. Everything that happens narrative wise happens within the gameplay as you're moving along and it, i was always impressed at how they managed to keep everything on rails as as it went along cuz you felt like you had an open world freedom but things kept happening right in front of you that you, you would think oh wow I, I guess i'm going the right way after all or you know something like that or i and, have and no that, choice but to go this way because everything else just blew up yeah exactly in- and and that, that's what impressed me about it. I, I wasn't too keen on the gameplay, and I kept expecting it to, to get to the end and, and not get to the end. And then when I did get to the end, it was weird, and I felt weird about it. Yeah. And I did finish it. But see, that's one of the things. You're, you're talking about the, you know, the weirdness and everything. And truthfully, that's one of the things that I really liked about this one, even more than the second one. Because the second one I liked better. But... It just every time something weird happened, it just really surprised you. For instance, in just a little mild spoiler, after the initial explosion, after the resonance cascade, then you had all the the head crab zombies and stuff like that. First time you walk out and you see one of those, you're like, "What the heck is this <laughs> thing?" You know, and there's several yep. surprises like that through this game and the the ending is kind of along that same vein where it's something that you completely do not expect at all uh i'm gonna say a five for this there's a a remake of this in the half-life 2 engine that Mm. is not bad it's called black mesa but i prefer the original better so okay okay I, i would probably give it a two or a three that's fair that's fair. Okay. Mike, let's go on to one of our heavy hitters. All right. This is the third one we mentioned in the same series. Mm-hmm. And I will let you say what it is. You know what? I feel like I shouldn't because I didn't play it till 2000. That's, you know what? Whatever. That's true. This, is, this you know? is technically my pick. Yeah, it's your um, pick. It's your pick. I'm going to let you have it. So, so this one is uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And it is the second uh, memory of me driving over the mountain with the booklet, you know, hopping up and down, getting ready to go home. Because I was, I was probably 16 at this point, so um, mm-hmm. yeah, I wasn't as didn't have that raw kid enthusiasm. But it was, I remember it being the first game that I bought with my own money that I was that I geeked out about. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't so much geek out about Super Metro. I just really wanted to play it. You know, this was oh, I can't wait to get into this and this and this in the game. And uh, it, it didn't disappoint. Um, the the you know, the way they told the story was incredible. The the way the world was open in 3D for the first time in a Zelda game was incredible. And um, you know the music, the the that was an introduction to a lot of the new uh, character races and, and things like that. 
And, um, you know, from start to finish, it was just a solidly told game. And the gameplay was also really incredible for its time. Uh, now, the graphics these days don't hold up, you know, a Link to the Past or but, you know, earlier <coughs> ones. But it, it's an incredible they have game. The, they have the remake on the 3DS, which right. it, it, it's a little bit better. And I don't own a 3DS, so I can't comment on that. Bella has one. I use it all the time to play it. <laughs> if, if I had one, that would be uh, one I would have for sure. Yeah. Yep. It's a great game. It's it's one of those games that you just... Just like I was talking about with Half-Life. you just you In that one, you feel like Link all the way through. That's right. It's... Because they, they do what they can to keep his dialogue out of the game. <clears throat> yeah. So, so it makes you more. It makes it more of a personal experience with you, because you have to react to it. Yeah. But uh, I, I will give this game a four, and my last two picks are fours, based solely on the, the graphics at the time that it came out were in, like mind-boggling and incredible, and mm-hmm. the, the, in both these cases, they don't hold up. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, I'm gonna have to disagree with you. Mike, I'm sorry. This this one is this one is a five. All right. So, if I had a 3DS, I, I probably would play it again. But since I don't, I can't. I can't give it that extra one for now. I'll talk Bella into letting you borrow it. <laughs> All right. That's fair. All right. My next one: Castlevania Symphony of the Night. The second best Metroid game. Second best metroid game it is a metroidvania and it is so good it took a good concept of the Pennsylvania games and which was kind of a rail game and turned it into an rpg and it changed the whole story it changed the whole game and i even saw a quote from them at one point one of the creators has said they they basically come up with that design because they weren't making a Metroid at that time, and there never was a 32-bit Metroid. Yeah, that game was just really good. It was really good, uh, and I mean, I I played some of the Castlevania games. I was never really into them. The one for Super Nintendo was pretty good. But again, yeah. it was it was on a rail. You you just yeah, exactly you kind of just continued through the castle. This one you literally had to go from here to there to the other place, and then oh wait, you can get there now, and oh you can jump a little higher, and it's just and the graphics yeah. were mind blowing, and just the way that the characters moved, and it's just now I, I had never played this one, but I did play. Um... I'm trying to look it up here real quick. Circle it was of the a, Moon? Yeah, Circle of the Moon, the, the, um, which was probably the next closest one to that. And I, I love that one. Yeah, a lot um, of people really liked that one. Symphony of the Night, though, if you can get your hands on it, because it is a hard game to get your hands on to. That's why I haven't played it. <laughs> if you can get your hands on it, I'm going to say four. I'm going to say a four. All right. It's such a good game. It's so worth playing. Okay, next one. Golden Eye. Golden Eye. Slapper's only odd job. <sighs> Slapper's only odd job. I mean, this game started just like a lot of the games on this list. This game started an entire new genre of video gaming. It yep. started the first person multiplayer and I don't really understand why it was so good because there's other similar ones to this, e- even similar games that came out around the same time. But s- for some reason, it was it it was the best it had ever been, and it just felt so good from the first time you turned it on. Uh, I'm actually sitting here reminiscing about it. I was and, in and, go ahead. And I didn't have it on my list, but uh it was it was a very tough one to not put on my list. In in high school, 
I would constantly go over to my friend Nathan's house and we would stay up all night every Friday night for I don't know a year just playing that game until like 3 a.m. <laughs> and then we would wake up the next morning and watch Austin Powers yeah. <laughs> almost every Saturday or every weekend. It was ridiculous. We played the crap out of GoldenEye. We just I, could not stop. And not just the multiplayer. The I remember going through the uh, the single player mode dozens of times. The missions were great too. They really yeah. were. Well, and they give you different objections to complete based on the difficulty level. So, mm-hmm. so you, you had a reason to go back through it over and over again. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, though, okay, I did a gaming <laughs> tournament a couple years ago, and I play GoldenEye, and I tell you what, it's still fun on that controller. I don't know, Mike, if you've mm. tried to play that on a different controller, but it is not fun. <laughs> it is That's... not fun. Yeah, in my mind, I'm thinking like the the, the current setup, like with like the PlayStation, where R2 is shooting. You know, um, you, you know, I, I feel like every shooter these days has the same button configuration. Yeah. Where the N64 had that button underneath that you used to shoot. And they they just don't have underneath buttons on controllers. No. That's probably pretty much the only one that did, I guess. I'd like to say that this is a five. I would like to say it's a four, but you know it breaks my heart. But I kind of putting it at a two. It, uh, <laughs> it's two, just one wow. of those things you kind of you had to play it then. You know what I mean, Mike? Yeah, yeah I, I can see that. I, I was going to give it a three for the multiplayer and a four for the. Um, the single player mode. Yeah. But that said, I, I haven't played it in whew, when we were in college. So, you know, 15 years or whatever, Yeah, more than 15 years. So it's been a while. So I, I can't, um, that's probably a generous score for what it actually probably would be. Yeah. It's just the, the graphics are rough. The controls are rough, and, but when- I will say I had the Wii version of remake. Yeah. And all it did was maybe miss that one. Yeah. It just wasn't the same. Yeah, it wasn't. It was like, I don't know. There's just no good comparison. Yeah. It it was a, a, a poor excuse. Okay. So, anyway. This is our final pick. And... If you know us, you probably already guessed it. You, if you know it, you you probably already guessed it. Yes. Um, this game, me and Mike talked about almost every time we saw each other for probably four years. Yeah, for for years, and you know, sometimes even today. <laughs> even today, we still talk about it. Or you know, right this second. Okay, we're gonna both say it at the same time. Three, two, one. Final, Final Fantasy. Fantasy Mike, you're messing it up. You're messing up the thing. Well, you set the pace. Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII. And then you go back and you edit those two things on the same track. Or I can just try to do it again. Uh, okay. Never mind. The moment's gone. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Filling runs. Let's let's just start by talking about just the story. Okay. All right. Because I mean, we I feel like we need to give this game attention so from that first scene with Ares there is just so much intrigue just with that first shot of her yep. you're like what what the heck is this and then it just it's just that slow pan out and the intrigue just builds more and more and more and, and the music see, builds too you're just yeah and the music builds too and you just see more and more of the city and you're like wow that's that's a little weird oh that doesn't look right what why is it like this what 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 the hell is that thing yep. why are this what why is green steam what are the, what am i looking <laughs> at and then they and then they pull all the way away and then give you that logo and then they go back into the city in a different location. Yep. And then, and then, and, and then uh, the cloud, train starts. And then the, the cloud comes in. And 
and then it, it, the dialogue starts, and then you start running along, and then it's the first battle. And, and you're right in the middle of thick of things, too. Yeah. And there is so many RPG games where that those first, like, you know, 10, 20 battles are rough, you know? You just yep. barely scrape by. But no, from the very beginning, from the very first fight, you're like, man, Cloud is a bad guy. He is good. He knows what he's doing. Oh, he's an ex-soldier. Well, that makes sense. He's really got things together. He knows how to he knows how to hold himself. Oh, and this other guy, he's he's a, you know, freedom fighter and he's he's missing an arm and yep. everything it, about that game. Th- yeah, the the way that the, they fleshed out the characters, you know, each character had a very intricate past. And, and as I mentioned with Final Fantasy IV, this is something they started with that one and, and slowly got better at as the, as the series continued. And actually, seven may or may not be the pinnacle of of that way of telling the story. T- ten had its moments, but I think seven is, is the one that's right there. And the the music is is my favorite game soundtrack of all time. Um, I I actually bought back in like the early two thousands the Japanese uh, soundtrack because you couldn't get anywhere in the U.S. Yeah, and I I have that somewhere. Um, I I have owned um. I've owned it on everything that it's been available for. Yeah. Except, you know, the PlayStation Classic. I have um, bought that game more times than any other game. Yep. Same here. And I recently, this past summer, because it was out for PlayStation 4, so I replayed it on it. And, you know, my, my biggest complaint about it now is that the graphics don't hold up. You know, yeah. as, as yeah. software has got, got more advanced, you, you can tell, especially I had on the uh, PlayStation 3 too, and it looks horrible on the PlayStation 3, the, the rendered backgrounds. Now, the PlayStation 4 did, I guess, some um, graphic buffering on it, because mm-hmm. c- c- it, it, it's a lot better looking on the PS4 to where I didn't really notice um, so much that it, you know, they were outdated graphics. But um, you know, the graphics at the time that I played it um, were spectacular. That, that was the first one that I played that really had the cinematic cutscenes. And that was really what blew my mind was for the first time a video game is playing out like a movie. And I've actually got a little story. All right. Okay. So my mom in, you know, I, I, I love my mom. I love my mom. Um, she, from my previous Christmas had decided never to buy me video games ever again. <laughs> She's tired of the talk at the dinner table. Oh, no, that wasn't it. But that that's actually a pretty good one. No, um, but, you know, Dad, knowing that video games are a huge part of my life, uh, he always made a point to get me a game that one, either he knew I was going to want to play or that he knew that I would probably like it or even love it. So he got me the PlayStation for my 16th birthday and he got me, he, he asked the uh, guy, he, he went through like a whole bunch of PlayStation games and he, he's like, you know, what do you think about this game? And he was holding Final Fantasy VII. He's like, what do you think about this? And <laughs> that was, that was the first game that I got for PlayStation and... <laughs> I couldn't put it down. Uh, and you know, I still remember that. That was that was that was my first game. Dad got me my favorite game of all time. Thanks, Dad. Knocked it out of the park. Yeah, knocked it out of the park. You know, let's just talk about something else as far as Final Fantasy VII. Okay. So one of the things that really got me about Final Fantasy VII, and, and arguably this is one of the reasons why Twilight Princess is one of my favorites. Twilight Princess Zelda. Right. So there is so many extra things that's thrown into this game that is actually good. Like bike fighting, I guess you'd call uh-huh. it. The, the actual submarine combat. The snowboarding. It just, it all, it doesn't take away from the game. It just adds to it. And I love it for that. 
Yeah, the little mini games that you can even go to the flying saucer and play them later if you, you want can to. Play them later, yeah. And I loved that too. Everybody should at least give this game a chance. Give it a couple hours. Don't like pick it up and be like, "Oh, this is stupid," and throw it away. Give it like three, four hours. If you're not hooked, then that game's not for you. I, I appreciate your effort. Good, good, good try. Good, good effort. Good effort, man. You're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed our list of the influential games to us from the 1990s. I hope uh, these will give you a few games that you uh, never considered trying out, but might want to try out just just for the heck of it, just to or see where the uh, where the genre came from. Or if you want to argue with us online, that's okay, too. Yeah, that's true. And if you want to argue with us, you can argue with us at randomwvgeek at gmail.com. Again, that's randomwvgeek at gmail.com. If you agree with our list, I'd love to hear from you. And then, of course, um, if you uh, want to leave a voicemail or uh, send me a text, yeah. The number for us is 304-566-9777. And, as always, welcome to the end. Welcome to the end.